Welcome back to your daily dose of ancient wisdom. We continue our reading of Srimad Bhagavata, Book 1, Discourse 3, The Lord's Avatars or Descend into the World of Matter. Sutta says, In the beginning of creation, with the desire of evolving the different worlds, the Lord assumed the form of Purusha, the primal person, consisting of 16 component principles, namely the 10 sense organs, the five elements and mind, and constituted of the Mahat or the cosmetic intelligence. While he, the aforesaid Purusha, was displaying his sleep of Samadhi, absorption, into or communion with self, reposing on the casual waters, there appeared from at the lake of his navel a lotus wherefrom sprang up Brahma, the lord of progenitors of the world. It is on the disposition of his limbs that the various worlds stands superimposed. That is the most exalted form of the lord consisting of pure sattva or goodness. The yogis behold that form by means of their divine eye, wonderful as it is with thousands of feet, thighs, arms and faces. It has thousands of heads, ears, eyes and noses and is represented with thousands of datums, robes and earrings. This form of Lord, popularly known by the name of Narayana, he is the imperishable seed of the various avatars and the abodes to which they all return after accomplishing their purpose. It is by ray or mercy, his ray of Brahma, that gods, human beings and lower forms of life are created. It was this very Lord Narayana who first manifesting himself as the Kumaras, Sanakas and others, took the form of four Brahmanas and observed the hard vow of perpetual celibacy. During the second avatar or manifestation, the Lord of all sacrifices assumed the form of the divine boar with a view of lifting earth that had sunk into the lowest depths of the ocean in order to proceed with the work of creation. Appearing in the person of the celestial sage Narada in his third manifestation as a Rishi, he taught the gospel of Vaishnavas, the Pancharatra, which inculcates the method of doing things in such a way that may cease to bind us. During his fourth manifestation, in which he was born of Dharma's better half or Murti, he appeared in the dual form of sages Nara and Narayana and practiced severe penance with perfect control of mind and senses. His fifth manifestation was known by the name of Kapila, the lord of Siddhas or the perfect ones, mm -hmm. who taught to the sage Asuri and Sankhya systems of philosophy. That determines that nature or the fundamental principles and that has been cast into oblivion through the ravages of time. 
During his sixth manifestation, he appeared as a son of the sage Atri, as the eternity of Anasuya's wife, and taught the science of self to the king Alarka, Prahlada, and others. Thereafter, in the seventh manifestation, he was born Akuti, the spouse of Ruchi, one of the Lord's created beings, as Yajna, assisted by his sons Yama and other gods. He held the office of Indra during the first one mantra, presided over by Swayambhu Manu. In the eighth manifestation, as Rishabhadeva, the all-perceiving Lord, was born to Queen, Queen Merudevi, the spouse of King Nabha, and taught by his own example the mode of life of Paramahamsas or the enlightened souls who have transcended all bounds of mortality and have no duty to perform, which is adored by men belonging to all four ashramas or stages of life. During his ninth descent of the solicitation of the seers, he took the form of King Prithu and made the earth in the form of cow, yield all its products which she had so far withheld, and hence this particular manifestation of the Lord proved most propitious to the world. At the end of Chakshusumanantara, when all the three worlds were being deluged by the ocean, he took the form of a fish during his tenth manifestation and rescued the future Vaivaswatamanu, the lord of the present Vanvantara. Picking him up on earth, which had been transformed into a boat, while his eleventh manifestation, when the gods and the demons began churning the ocean with Mount Mandara, the Lord assumed the form of a tortoise and supported Mount Mandara on his back. In his twelfth descent, he took the form of Dhanvantari and emerged from the ocean with a jar full of nectar, while during his thirteenth manifestation, he assumed the form of an enchanting woman and gave the gods the nectar to drink, keeping the others, who were demons, spellbound all the while. In his fourteenth manifestation, he took the form of a man-lion and tore with his claws the bosoms of most powerful demon king Hiranyakashipu, even as a maker of uh, straw mats could tear a reed. Assuming the form of a dwarf in his fifteenth descent, he visited the sacrificial performance of Bali, the demon king, and asked him for three paces of land with the convert intention of robbing him of his kingdom of heaven. In the sixteenth descent as Parasurama, he fought the kings and had become insimul to the Brahmanas. Enraged as at this, he rid the earth of Kshatriya rays as many as 21 times. Then is in 17th descent as Vyasa, he was born to Satyavati, 
through the sage Parasara and finding the people of poor intelligence divided the tree of Vedas into many branches. Then again, in the 18th descent, he assumed the form of a ruler of men, Sri Rama, with a view of accomplishing the purpose of gods and performed heroic feats while bridging the ocean and so on. In the 19th and the 20th, the Lord was born among the Vrishnis as Balarama and Sri Krishna and revealed the earth of its burden. When Kali sets in, he will be born in Magadha, North Bihar, as Buddha, son of Anjana, with a view of deluding the enemies of gods. Then again, towards the end and end of the Kali age, when the kings mostly turn into robbers, the Lord of the universe will descend from a Brahmana named Vishnu Yasa as Lord Kalki. Even as thousands of rivulets form from a lake that never dies, so there are countless descents of the Lord, who is a storehouse of sattva, power, wisdom, etc. O Brahmanas, the sages and seers, the Manus, the gods, the sons of the Manus, the Prajapatis, in fact, all those who possess great power are rays of Sri Hari. All these, however, are either part manifestation or rays of supreme power, while Sri Krishna is the Lord himself. All these avatars or manifestations of the Lord appear from age to age and protect the world when it is oppressed by the enemies of Indra. This story of the Lord's descent is a secret. The man who devoutly recites it every evening and morning with pious mind is rid of all sufferings. The gross manifestation in the form of material universe of the Lord, who is essentially spiritual and has no material form, has been evolved by the products of his Maya, such as the Mahat, the principles of cosmetic intelligence, and so on, and is superimposed on the Lord himself. Even as men of poor wits assume the existence of the clouds is in either of the dustiness in the air, even though the clouds, as a matter of fact, hang in the air while dustiness belongs to the particles of the earth. So the ignorant superimposes the gross phenomenal universe on the self who is the seer. Beyond this material form is a subtle and unmanifested form of the Lord which is constituted of undeveloped gunas. Gunas that have not assumed the distinctive shapes and is neither open to perception nor to hearing. It is this subtle or astral body which is termed as the jiva or soul because the soul seems to enter into it or is identified with it and goes through the repeated births of transmigrations. It is through the nascents that the aforesaid astral and the material bodies are superimposed on the self. When this superimposition is removed through self-knowledge, that very moment takes place the realization of the Brahma, the knower of the truth, are aware that when the Lord's sportful Maya in the shape of knowledge withdraws, the Jiva becomes one with Brahma and gets established in the glory of the self. 
in such terms do the wise describe the descent as well as the doings of the Lord, who is the ruler of all heart and is really without birth or action. For his descendants are doing our guarded secrets of the Veda. The pastimes of Lord are always purposive. By mere sport, he creates, preserves, and reabsorbs this universe, but never gets attached to it. Adding unperceived in the hearts of all living beings, he seems to enjoy the object of mind and the five senses as the ruler of all the six. But being the master of his self, he remains aloof from these objects. They fail to bind him in all cases. No stupid creature can know by any dialectical skill the names and the forms or doings of the Lord revealed by his thought or word, the Vedas, any more than an ignorant man can understand the performance of a conjurer, the accomplished though his will and speech. The power of the Lord who wields the disgust in his hand is infinite. Through the maker of this world, he remains ever bound it. He alone can know his ways who inhales the fragrance of his lotus feet through constant and sincere devotion to them. Now you, blessed ones, are lucky indeed, since you are in this life and in this world full of impediments and obstacles, cultivating that undivided love to Bhagwan Vasudeva or Sri Krishna, the Lord of the entire universe, by virtue of which one never fails again and will never fall again in the terrible vortex of birth and death. The divine seer Veda Vyasa composed this Purana known by the name of Srimad Bhagavata, which stands on a par with the Vedas and contains the stories of the Lord of excellent renown. He taught this blessed benedictory and great Purana for the highest good of the mankind to his son Sukadeva, who is the foremost among self-realized souls. This represents the very cream extracted from all the Vedas and Itihasas or the epics. Sukha, in his turn, recited it to the great king Parikshit who sat on the bank of Ganga, surrounded by the foremost sages, with a vow to fast unto death. Now that Sri Krishna had left for his divine abodes with piti, wisdom and all, this sun-like Purana has made its appearance for the benefit of those who have been blinded by the darkness of ignorance in the Kali Age. While the glorious sage Sukadeva, O Brahmanas, was reciting this Purana there on the banks of the Ganga, I too was present and learnt it by his grace. I will now recite the same to you 
even as I have learnt it according to the best of my light. Thus ends the third discourse forming part of the story relating to Naimisa Forest in Book 1 of the great and glorious Bhagavata Purana, otherwise known as Paramahamsa Samhita. Thank you.